Hey, this is Mohani Love from Let's Talk About It. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hello, let me before you start though, let me just a little past that is fine, you know. Okay, no problem. You're very interesting. Well, I hope so. I'll try to be. Well, welcome to Mahani Love's live podcast. I have Mr. Stephen Hawley Martin. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So, you are now the editor and publisher of the Oaklea Press, Inc. Did I pronounce that correctly? Well, Oak, I, Oakley, but it does, looks Oakley. like Oakley, but it's Oakley. Like okay. L-E-Y instead of L-E-A-Y. Hey. I don't know why. It's just a strange name. <laughs> As a talk show host of a popular weekly internet podcast, The Truth About Life. Stephen, I want to know the truth. Let's talk about it. Okay, let's do. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, I do. Let's start with the publishing because I am an author. I've written um, nine books, working on my 10th book. My books are like life's, they're about life's technical difficulties. Um, Life is full of technical difficulties, all kinds of difficulties. Life, you know, (laughs) there's a great book that I read a long time ago by Scott Peck and the first three words of that book have stuck with me all these years, 40 years. Life is difficult. Yes, it is. But they also have said, life is what you make it. Well, that's true, too. um, What's the other one? Just ignore it. Let it go. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So I want to know, um, is there really, what's the evidence for life after death, Stephen? Oh, gosh. We could have jumped to that. I thought we were going to talk about publishing, but uh, yeah. Okay, uh, we were, we'll but right. then we were, but then I saw that, and I was like, I want to know about that. Okay, and, all right. <laughs> and what's but, there is, I just lost my dad in May, so. Well, I can tell you, your dad still exists somewhere. He's still around. He's probably very happy, as a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, because he's in a. It, Maybe in a better place, who knows? I, I can't be sure of any of that, but I would think that's certainly a high possibility. Well, let me tell you, um, I uh, started studying this almost 50 years ago, and I have so much evidence that, that our consciousness continues after the death of our bodies, yeah. that it's almost hard to know where to start, but I will say, that the University of Virginia School of Medicine has a division they call uh, the Division of, uh, of uh, 
perceptual studies, the, the DOPS, D-O-P-S, Vision of Perceptual Studies, that has been researching this question for almost 60 years, since the middle of beginning of the 1960s. And they have been, they have now, uh, for example, more than 2,600 cases they've checked out of children who say they remember past lives. Wow. And that uh, more than two thirds of them have been what they call solved, which means that they have been able to go out and find someone who fit the description and the name and the location and the uh, job and the other kind of particulars that the child remembered or said he, re he or she remembered about the past life. So more than two thirds of those 2,600 uh, cases uh, solved, as they call it. Can I ask a question? Pardon? Me to cut you off and ask you a question. Go ahead. Have you ever heard of a person in their past lives, like let's say they were married in their past lives or in a relationship, and then in this life they meet up? Do you think that's possible? Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, I think that's certainly possible. I think that uh, that we, each of us, has some souls, some other people that we kind of hang around with from one life to the next. They're part of a soul group. And we might, we, we might change our relationships from one life to the next. You know, one life you might be the mother and he might be the son and the next life you could be the uh, uh, husband and he could be the wife, you know. I mean, it, it wow, <laughs> I never looked at it that way, but okay, it makes sense. Yeah, and, and we're kind of going, what I, I feel like, and, and the conclusion I've come to, is that life, what it's all about, it's it's a journey. It's a journey of evolution. We, we uh, seek to reach a little bit higher consciousness with each time we come back. And then we are in part of a soul group that uh, is kind of doing that all together. And that we, the, we incarnate uh, often together, as I said, maybe in different roles, but nevertheless, together. It could be a friend in one life and a, a spouse in another and so on. And so I think probably your dad is uh, part of your soul group and that when you pass over at the end of this incarnation, you'll you'll uh, meet up with him again and maybe you all will talk it over and decide to come back another time in a different <laughs> kind of relationship than you had on in this one. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I believe. but. If you want to get back to the University of Virginia, they also have been studying uh, near-death experiences. Yeah. In fact, the um, man who uh, was head of that DOPS division of uh, perceptual studies for quite a while uh, has written a book. I think he's come out recently with a book about many of the uh, cases that he investigated. His name is uh, Bruce Grayson. Grayson is spelled G-R-E-Y-S-O-N. He is a uh, psychiatrist, an MD, uh, was head of that department at the medical school at the University of Virginia, but also very much involved in studying uh, near-death experiences. Some of the other things that they say, uh, apparently, and this is something they've been investigating, a lot of times when someone is on kind of on their deathbed, uh -huh. they, they may, uh, they may have you know, had dementia or or Alzheimer's, and they you know their memory is gone. Oh. 
right. right right before they die and hours or so before they die and this happened with my grandmother who passed away quite some time ago but i do recall that right before she died she became lucid and she was able to talk to her family and friends and uh, you know say goodbye and all that sort of thing and then she passed away well they they theorized that that's because the brain is does not create consciousness the brain is a receptor of consciousness your consciousness is non-local it exists somewhere else not just inside your skull and that when right before you die as the brain dies it releases that consciousness and allows the person to have those last few minutes or an hour or so of lucidity before they pass and then, opinion on something what's that What's your opinion on something? Um, so I came up with this, like a, a theory of my own about something. So you know how a person have all time is, um, and they say they see people, you know how they say, oh, uh, I've experienced having, you know, people with all timers around me also. And they'll say, oh, there's a man over there, move my shirt. Or they see, they claim they see people, right? Have you ever thought about that during the process of Alzheimer's that the brain actually really do see these? They're like spirits that they see? And, I, think and, that's, and, I think that's very highly possible. Do I, you? Because I, I, I said this to another woman who does that kind of work and she said she never thought about it. And that went through my mind because, you know, okay, I'm sorry. It was dementia we were saying, not Alzheimer's, dementia. And then I thought about the word dementia, dimension, another dimension that maybe yeah, person yeah. has dementia they can see people in other dimensions well that's quite possible you know before people die a lot of times they'll be um you know close to death and they'll start seeing deceased relatives that are yes. coming to visit i've them. experienced that i i've had a young lady my brother uh you know was deceased when i was young he passed away when i was young and a friend of ours passed away pretty young and she said to me can you please tell billy to come take this watch off my arm and that was my brother i said you see him she said he's right there so yeah. you know yes i definitely believe in that because i've seen it i've experienced it you know um it's very interesting isn't it it is it is it is and yeah that happens all the time it's very common and and i think it's real i think they really do i, I do think too you know, people, someone, a loved one is on their deathbed, you know, you'd naturally you'd want to go greet them and, you know, help them make that transition. And I think that's what's going on. So, yeah, uh, there was another thing that another thing the uh, University of Virginia uses as evidence for the f idea that the brain does not create consciousness, but rather is a receptor of consciousness. And that is that people with uh, hydrocephalus which is water or uh, fluid on the brain sometimes yeah. like 95 or more percent of their brain is incapacitated because of that and yet they still can have normal uh, normal intelligence and and uh, sometimes even above normal intelligence so those are four things it's the children's memories of past lives the near-death experiences that so many people report the idea of uh, lucidity right before they uh, someone dies, after even though they've had dementia or whatever, and then the idea of hydrocephalus, which is the uh, brain being incapacitated due to fluid on it, and yet someone is still very much conscious and, and intelligent. So. Uh, 
there there are some uh, i just think that we we come into this reality because i think we choose to do it but we know that when we come we're going to have difficulties like we said at the beginning that life is difficult and i think we do it because those problems that we encounter and overcome make us grow you know you, you know how you go through a bad time and it's horrible what is happening but then when you get out on the other side and things have improved you look back and you think you know uh, that was awful but I, I i learned a lot and i've grown because of it. well I, one, of the, one of my books are titled grow through what you go through <laughs> very good title excellent excellent so, title so what what caused you to question the materialistic view of reality that you were brought up on home yeah, I was. I have to tell you that I was brought up uh, by what I call scientific materialists. They believed that if you couldn't see it under a microscope, it didn't exist, and that it was kind of like metaphysics. No, right? Well, metaphysics is the study oh, no. of uh, things that beyond physical. Right, 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 right. That's right. Beyond, right. <laughs> beyond the physical realm, right. and I, I'm very much into that now. But I back, am too. <laughs> back then, I was not. I. Uh, was about 25 years old when I got a really bad case of the flu. I guess it was the flu. And uh, I was living in Baltimore at the time. I was working at an ad agency and I had two roommates and we lived in this bachelor pad uh, and it was on a couple of floors. And I was upstairs on a Saturday night, 25 years old, with the flu. And I felt awful, but you know, when you're 25, you don't want to be laying in bed on a Saturday night, at least not by yourself. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and so I was reading a book. Anyway, I heard some people come into the apartment downstairs and then some more people came in. And before long, I could hear all this activity and there was a party going on downstairs. So even though I felt pretty bad because I had this flu, I uh, got up and I got some clothes on. I dragged myself downstairs and I had a little bit to drink and I had a little bit to smoke and I just did things I shouldn't do. And before long, I felt so awful that I practically needed back upstairs to my bed, flopped down on the bed and it started spinning like it was a helicopter blade, you know, and about to take off. And then suddenly it was like I just popped out of my body and I was looking down at this body that was me, looked like roadkill on the bed. And I had this uh, kind of, uh, I guess you'd call it an epiphany. I said, well, you know, I'm up here and my body's down there. And if my body, if my brain creates consciousness, this is impossible. Boy, that was some <laughs> good smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, I was definitely out of my body. <laughs> so that started me on this this journey i got i call it of, of trying to figure out what the true nature of reality is what what it's really all about and i joined the uh, rosicrucian society it's a society of uh, mystics that study uh, metaphysical laws and i went through all their courses took their correspondence course moved from being a novice to an adept i read everything wow. i could get my hands on about metaphysics uh, I got really was taken by the book written, gosh, I think it came out in 1978. Uh, it was uh, written by a guy named Raymond Moody, who was a medical mm -hmm. 
I think he was an intern or a medical student at the University of Virginia back then. And he uh, talked to people who had uh, near-death experiences and wrote a book about it called uh, Life After Life, I think. Anyway, I read that in one sitting, you know, because I was so interested. And I've been doing it ever since. I had that podcast for almost three years that I talked to quantum physicists. I talked to people researching the paranormal. I talked to near-death survivors. Just, you know, over a hundred different people over that uh, over that period of time. And, and I've used a lot of that material in the books I've written. If, and, and if anybody wants to read my books, Life After Death, go to my Please website. Please talk about your books. Please share that information, really. Well, uh, the most popular one right now is, is uh, Life After Death, Powerful Evidence, You Will Never Die. And you can go to my website, easy to remember, S.H. Martin, S-H-M-A-R-T-I-N.com. Uh, up at the top, you'll see the uh, menu. Just click on books. It'll take you a page that shows covers of my books. All you got to do is click on a cover. It'll take you to a page on Amazon where you can read more about it, probably read the first cha two chapters or so and decide if you want to go further. So I want to share yeah. something. I do believe that, um, like you said, that we never die. Since my father passed, right? You know, he. I could think I got my singing voice from him, right? So I would lay in the room and go, you know what, Daddy, if you're around, you got to give me a sign. And I'm telling you within seconds, I would hear his favorite song in my mind playing. I could hear him singing it and I'm like, but I hear it here. I don't hear it outside. So I said, okay. And you know, when you start to share that kind of information with people, they're looking at you like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. but I was listening to a lecture earlier this morning about metaphysics. It was about a gentleman who, you know, he went to a UFO conference. And he knew that some of the people there were not from here, but we'll leave that there. And anyway, he what was interesting to him was, and I want to know, did you know about this? We have more than seven chakras. Yep. We have more than seven. I thought there were just seven. This is what he said. That he was told at the conference that we have seven on the inside, but altogether we have fifteen because there's some on the outside that we don't even know we don't even know, you know, about them. And he was saying, you know, do your research. So now I'm trying to find the other ones on the outside. <laughs> so let me ask you this. What do you think about UFOs and why are they visiting us? You know how you look at the news. They're like, oh, spotted UFO. And you can see all the sightings. The news will show that they're here. Well, a lot of people say they're here. Well, I think they're here. I think they're here. I, uh, I think that more advanced civilizations than ours exist. Uh, you know, the universe is a big place. There are literally trillions of, billions of galaxies and trillions of solar systems. And so it's almost inconceivable that there wouldn't be life on other planets and other parts of the universe and that uh, they could be a whole lot more advanced than we are. I mean, the universe, according to astrophysicists, has been around for 14 billion years wow. and our our solar system here in earth uh and our sun and solar system has only been around for four around four billion years so they're you know the rest of the universe has been around a long long time if we've come this far in four billion years think of how far somebody else could have come in 14. Wow. so anyway 
my my idea about UFOs is uh, that they are able to kind of come into and out of this physical reality that we have it right now. Okay. And your your dad is over there in a different reality that's not the same as ours. They may be in something like that, but they come into this reality and with their spacecraft and, and look around and then dart out. And that's how they can do all those crazy maneuvers that you hear. But, but I believe they're using this. There's something about this amazing brain. And I believe that if we tap in deep enough, we probably could communicate. Well, you know, in other it's interesting what you said about your dad and the, and the song in your head mm-hmm. that because in in the in non-physical reality where your dad is the way people communicate is not they don't have vocal cords they don't they communicate by telepathy you know they it's yeah. back and forth you know they they think something and the other person gets that thought and that's how you, you know and that's how they exchange ideas and thoughts yeah so he's exchanging he's telling you the same way using his uh, mind uh, that he still has over there about yeah uh, it's been I, more than once it. it's uh-huh. been more it's been more than once and and the funny you know like i was always like under him all the time and the funny thing is he he responds quick like if and it, it, it he, I, i've done it about three or four times and i always hear it here and, and it, when it comes i could be uh looking at the show or i could go to lay down and then i hear and i go okay but what is the fact that it happened that I won't ask no more. I had to wait. I said, listen, this is too much. Because you know, you you know you 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 want to be careful when you share that with others because you know that's not the reality to many. And if you're not reading, if you're not, you know, knowledgeable about anything like that, then you just are hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about. I mean, a lot of people think I'm cuckoo. So <laughs> I think my, even my <laughs> wife thinks I'm cuckoo. <laughs> Let me ask not... Can you share with me what exactly is karma and what is its purpose? Now, you know, we've been told what karma is, you know, what your finances and you do something, the karma comes with you. What exactly is it? Yeah, it's a little more complicated than that. I mean, people think of karma as being, you know, you do something bad and, and bad's going to come back to you, you know, that that there is justice in the universe, you know, that <laughs> that uh, what goes around comes around is the popular way to say that, I guess. But uh, it's really more than that. And, and I get this idea or this reasoning from a man called uh, Edgar Cayce, who was known as the sleeping prophet back in the 20th century. He lived from 1875, I believe, no, 1877 until 1945. And every day he would, uh, in his adult life, starting when he was in his 20s, he would uh, go into a trance in the morning and people would ask him questions and he'd answer them. And and many of the questions that were asked uh, were, had to do with, you know, why, have I got this illness or why am I going through this and what can I do about it? You know, life kind of questions. And often the answer was uh, that had to do with karma, that it was because of something that happened either in this life or a past life that uh, needed to be fixed. And it isn't so much uh, karma, according to him, is not a punishment. But let, let me put it this way. Uh, so to maybe give you a little uh, uh, 
analogy. Uh, you probably, I certainly do, know people who have some have a knack for attracting someone to them that's not good for them, that treats them badly. Treats, <laughs> treats, them, <laughs> treats, them, <laughs> treats them badly in you know, some way, either physically or psychologically or whatever. Well, that, you could, Kate, Edgar Casey would say that's, that's karma, but it's not because you deserve it. Okay. It's because you have in your head uh, something that is attracting that kind of a person to you. Maybe, maybe your opinion of yourself is not as high as it ought to be, and so you're attracting someone to you that has that has a lower opinion. You see ah, what I mean? That what makes you, sense to me, though. Yeah. So what you need to do to overcome that karma is realize that you are a magnificent eternal spiritual being who happens to be having a temporary physical experience and you don't deserve that kind of stuff no that's right maybe i'll start speaking like this darling this is i'll stop this change way talk and change it all i'm telling yeah, you it, exactly. you have to give it, what do they say you can get up in the morning and change your life and um, exactly and, 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 you know, exactly like, also if you're empathetic i'm a nurturer and that's what I think part of the fault is, because when you're a nurturer, man, mm -hmm. you, you, you fix a wounded soul. <laughs> well, yeah, and you, so so karma really is a state of, it's caused by a state of mind that needs to be changed or improved or, wow. you know, it's because you're attracting it to yourself because of what's in your own psyche. And so the way to overcome the karma is to change change just decide it's not going to be the way it is from now that's right i've decided don't i look decided <laughs> you know a lot of times so to overcome it we've got we got to think back to when it first started and, yes you know, and then you know maybe you were a child and somebody said something to you or you were uh it could even be in another life but you know since that time you've had that issue and you need to go back and look at it and say okay I realize now what it is. I'm I'm gonna change my past. I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna get rid of that. I'm gonna get that out of my system and move That's on. What I'm doing. That's right. And I have a question about what is the law of one? Well, the law of one, the you, we're gonna get really deep into stuff. All now. right, let's go deep. <laughs> let's do it. The, the reality is that there is really only one life. And we are each expressions of that life. Your consciousness, as you look out at me across these, the TV screen, and as I look at you, we have the same consciousness, but it feels like we have it all to ourselves. Okay. If you, if you, there's one consciousness and one life, and each human being and every being that's alive, dog, cat, whatever, all of them, all of us have the same consciousness. We share it, but we think we're different because we have an ego that's been built up over this lifetime. We have a, a uh, subconscious mind or a soul that's been built up over many lifetimes. And so when we come into this reality, we think we're different. 
that we are alone, that we're there's a there, that we're separate, that you and I are separate individuals. When in, in fact, we are each uh, a projection of the one life that ha has come to think he or she or we are separate. When we we eventually, when we go back in to the realm on the other side where your father is, we realize that we're all one. And wouldn't, wow. it, wouldn't it be great if, uh, if we all realize that now, because there's so much division in this world and, and it's just, it's just, I think, tragic because we really all are one in the way we should, we should be getting along by using our talents and our abilities to, to help each other rather than trying to grab everything we can get for ourselves. But guess what, Stephen? What's having that? having my culture, my nationality, and yours together as one, you never know what we can change. We can change, you know. It's colored all that. To me, that is all that is artificial stuff, you know. Yeah, look at how we can learn from one another. Oh my goodness. The information that you're sharing doesn't have a race of color on it. <laughs> no, sir, because <laughs> that's <just> so funny. <laughs> so that, but that's the law of one. We are all one. We just don't realize it. And someday, I hope we will, because it'll make the world a much better place. I tell you, maybe maybe with this change is happening now. We just don't see it. You know how things have to be rumbled up before, you know what I, I mean? I think you're right. In fact, that is one of the things that I've, I've written in, in some of my books is that uh, I think we are going through a period of change. You see, the the 19th century idea that only matter exists, that everything is physical, uh -huh. the, the idea that my parents brought me up to believe is wrong. It's not true. Everything, actually consciousness is everything. Everything comes from consciousness. And we are all one. We're just different uh, manifestations of it, different uh, windows on it. And once people realize that, it's going to change everything. And I think there, that it is starting to get some traction. People are beginning to realize it. There are a lot of people who don't want it to happen. They want to keep things the way they were. But there's some of us like me and hopefully you who'd like to yes. see us all realize that we're all one. And hey, let's get along. I'll tell you this. Um, <laughs> the way the world is changing, can you imagine if the world changes, right, to the point to where we do have to use our brain to communicate the majority of the times, and then it took some people to master it and some not to, then what happens then? Well, <laughs> you know, there's a uh, an entity called Ra, R-A, Ra, who was Ra. the, Ra, have you heard of Ra? Mm -hmm. He was the god of something or other in Egyptian theology, and, uh, because uh, isn't the eye of Ra connected yeah. to that Ra? Yeah, the, with the pyramid. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And and uh, the in the nineteen eighties, supposedly Ra uh, came and talked through a woman named Carla and two other guys, and that is the law of one, the raw material. And Ra said that you know we're all one, blah blah. But he also said that beginning in 2000, this was back in the early 80s, he said that beginning around the year 2012, we would begin going through a transition from what he called third density 
to fourth density. Third density is where we think we're all separate, mm -hmm. separate individuals, you know, from separate from each other. And fourth density is where we realize that we're spiritual beings having a uh, physical experience. Yeah. <laughs> and that those who make that uh, jump, that leap into realizing it and follow what he called a path of service to others, which means using your talents and abilities to serve other people. That's how you make a living and so forth. Uh, that people who do that will become part of a society that may take a you know, hundred years or so to develop here on earth. That'll be a fourth density service to other society. Those who do not, there some will maybe make fourth density, but they'll be service to self, where they're only out for themselves. Others won't be able to make that transition. Those folks will stop incarnating on Earth, but will continue to go in, incarnate, but only on another planet that's still a third density planet. So. Ah. So that, that is the oh, idea of the transition. And you and I are going to be in that. Uh, <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. So what do you think about, and I, listen, I'm getting ready to take you to sci-fi. You ready? Okay. So you know how we talked about, you, you said we have different, I call them spirits. Let's just call them that. But they're around us as we speak. It's probably somebody over here fouling their nails, somebody yawning, saying, she's still talking, I'm so tired. Okay. Um, do you believe that they can, this is going to sound strange, that they can occupy a human that's in our physical realm if they wanted to? Well, there's a couple of things there uh, that I can say. But you understand it, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, uh, in other words, can they possess you? Possess, or if come you into your... call it that, yes, 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 we could call it that. But not the in a mean way. It could be the reason. When you see somebody acting different or they may say a certain response that you know wasn't them, but the way they look at the time when they do it. Well, there, I see a couple of things going on there. One, yes, there are people, there are entities around us. Okay. Uh, some are our guides or what maybe in religion you would call a guardian angel okay. and they're looking out they're looking out for us right and, and then there are entities around us sometimes not always right that we'd rather not have around us right right and, yes and, yes and they can actually come into our space as you say uh there i've interviewed two different psychiatrists who deal with what they call spirit possession now, this is not a religious thing. This is a that's right. This is a fact. Yes. And what it is, it can. There are different degrees of it. There's some that are. Uh, I, I think of the different names. There's obsession, which is more like uh, they influence your thoughts yeah. or whatever, like you're talking about. Maybe you come out with something that is uncharacteristic of you. Yep. They can also. Uh, there was one case that I uh, talked about with one of the psychiatrists who said that uh, a woman's father had died and did not go to the light, did not pass into the other realm, but stayed around the home and eventually kind of got very close to and into the aura of his daughter. And she started feeling 
uh, pain and issues, physical issues that he had when he was alive. Wow. And that was that was how that manifested. And she, the psychiatrist, was able to put the woman into hypnotic state and talk to the father and get him to go to the light, and that cured her. But anyway, full possession is possible where someone can actually uh, take a fully possess a human body and do all kinds of horrible things. You got to wonder whether that guy up in uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, or wherever the name of that place was, was possessed or something running through that uh, Christmas parade. So that kind of thing can happen. Uh, yeah, so I hope that answers your question. Do you believe that it happens to, you know, when they say, all right, we just talked about it. It's not a religious thing. It's just something that happens. Is it because you're not blessing your environment? You're not reading scriptures? Or is it just something that's beyond our control? I think that uh, it can be beyond our control. I do think that it's possible to, uh, I think that some kind of religious things can get rid of these folks. Okay, too. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, if you're, you feel like you might be uh, getting some action from a demonic kind of spirit, <laughs> then by all means, invoke Jesus and the cross and everything else, but they don't like that stuff. Go get the holy water. Yeah, get some holy water and get rid of them because I do think that'll work. I mean, they, they don't, from what I know, and you know, I think that I'm not a religious person. I wasn't brought up in a religious family, Neither but I do I. believe, I do believe that Jesus knew what he was talking about. And he talked <laughs> about spirits and, uh, you know, he, <laughs> he banned, he uh, cleaned out a whole, you know, what was her name? Uh, Mary Magdalene was supposed to have been possessed by seven spirits, and Jesus took care of them. So uh, he could probably help you with, with this life, you know. So are we really moving into a new age, like what hippies call the age of Aquarius? Well, yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier with the fourth dimension. I think wow. the fourth fourth density that uh, Ra talks about is uh, the, the age of, and in fact, the age wow. of Aquarius is a fact too i mean we have just spent two thousand years in the age of pisces mm -hmm. which is interesting because you know with jesus pisces the fish pisces means fish was kind of the age of the fish mm -hmm. you know because that's the symbol of christianity the fish and we're moving into aquarius the water bearer you know it is part of the whole galactic thing and how we're moving around the Milky Way. So we are moving into the age of Aquarius. It started probably in 1987, I think, was where, the, where that began. But uh, I think we are also moving from third to fourth density, which coincides with it. So yeah, new what age. Do, what do we need to do to achieve the fourth density? Share that with my audience. <clears throat> we need to realize that we are eternal spiritual beings having a temporary physical experience that life is uh, a learning experience it's a journey and that we exist forever we are eternal we we, we may our bodies may die but we're going to continue on and uh, i think once we all realize that and that we're all one one part of this uh, magnificent 
uh, one life, then we are into the fourth density and into the new age. And what is the ultimate density of mankind? The ultimate destiny is that we will return to the source, but we will continue to have our individual awareness, or at least it'll appear that way because our individual awareness is the awareness of the one source. And, but that is gonna be one heck of a long way away. Uh, fourth density will take uh, probably several hundred thousand years. And uh, then we've got fifth density, which we're no longer physical beings in that, and sixth density and seventh density, which I don't know a whole lot about. But uh, at the end of seventh density, we return to the source, but we probably will then start all over again, do it again, but at a higher level. Can I ask, I want to ask you this. So do psychics exist? Do you really think, I mean, listen, if it's a million of them, we know all of them can't have the gift, but do you believe that a person can really enhance their brain to be able to have psychic abilities? I believe that some people are, have psychic abilities. I don't know whether, I guess, you know, if people tell me, I don't feel like I have very good psychic abilities. I have a very good intuition. Mm -hmm. So that may be psychic to some extent. I have been able to uh, use psychometry, which is the, you know, when you feel something, an object, whether it's a ring or a bracelet or something that's belonged to somebody, I can tell something about the person it belonged to. But other, but other than that, my psychic abilities are not very strong. But I do think that some people have it. And there's a, a organization called the Winbridge Institute. Mm -hmm. When I think it's winbridge.com. But anyway, that they've been studying psychics and doing uh, double blind uh, research where they see whether or not somebody really has that ability. And they've come to the conclusion that yes, some people do. Wow. So please share your website share your information share your podcast information now you got a new extra well list. you know i don't do that podcast anymore i'm i did it for three years and i had a great time and i learned a lot but it got to be more than i could do I, you probably know how hard it is to keep it going well you but, know what uh, i basically just started but it's, it's a journey i'll tell you this i know i would love to have you back on my show though you are so interesting <laughs> well we'll do that again yeah just let me know and when so I I come out, i'm working on a new book when i'm done with it i'll uh, send you a copy of or at least send you a pdf of it thank you maybe we could talk about that but let me do let me tell your folks okay. uh, my website again is it's www.shmartin.com and you can find out about my books there there's some videos that you can look at there and uh, so I hope you go and take a look. Uh, I really appreciate it. So to close this out, right? The meaning of life according to the famous psychic, Edgar Stacy. Casey. Casey, it is Casey. Ooh, go ahead. <laughs> Tell me about that. Well, that's a book that I uh, wrote and it's basically, it's based on uh, interviews I did with one of Casey's sons, and he was 95 years old when I interviewed him. 
as well as the CEO, the president of uh, Association for Research and Enlightenment, which is the organization in Virginia Beach that uh, carries on Casey's work. But basically the meaning of life is uh, that we're here to learn, that we're here to grow, that it's a journey of uh, soul evolution, one lifetime after another. And that's where we're headed. We're going up the scale. Sometimes we move forward, sometimes we fall back, but the overall direction is forward. And uh, we're headed toward reuniting with the uh, source eventually. And but that's a long, long way fun. away. So we yep. should be having fun, right? Absolutely. We should be yes. having fun and not take it too seriously. That's um, one of the things I've learned is, you know, you're going to have difficulties. Life is not going to be a rose garden and, you know, people are not going to bring you stuff on a silver platter. But, you know, if you get philosophical about it, realize that uh, you're, you're growing, even though sometimes you're suffering and just, you know, don't get too overworked about anything. Just realize that it's all going to pass. Eventually, you're going to return to the other side. You're going to get back together with your soul group. And then you're going to come back and do it all over again. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen, for interviewing with my podcast. Well, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it, too, and look forward to inviting you back again. Alrighty. Thank you. And guys, he gave the information. Reach out. He's very interesting. Bye. Bye.